welcome to another episode of Rahalastapa. This one's got Vic Reeves in it again, a.k.a. Jim Moyer. Um, and if you want to help us out with these podcasts, there's lots of great ways to assist us. You can just tell your friends about it. That's a great way to start. You can go to gofasterstrike.com slash badges, become a monthly badger, get all kinds of extras like backstage videos, entry into a monthly draw, advance warning of all who the guests are. You get to see some stand-up shows as well. It's marvellous value, I have to tell you. Or you can go to gofasterstrike.com and buy some lovely emergency question books or DVDs like that one. Or you can just give me some free money for free. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, let's go become a badger. Let's sit back. Come and see a show. Go to richhome.com slash gigs. New shows have been announced in Norwich in uh, April 2020. And there's some more in London. And I think there's one coming up in Birmingham as well that hasn't been announced yet. And there may be a few more. And we've still got Hull, Sheffield, Northampton, all sorts coming up. So uh, look out for those. Glasgow as well. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Lastapa with Victoria Reeves. Well, now it's dark. I can't read what I'd written in here. <laughs> I did have something. Let's put the light on. Oh, uh, hello! Welcome to the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury. Again, we're back. These lot are much better than last week's audience. They were pricks. Please welcome a man who's happy to wait 20 years to find out what his face will look like when he's 70. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much, hello. Welcome to uh, the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, love to be back in Canterbury. Uh, I went home and came back again in the wedding. Well, I don't wait a week, I'm not insane. Uh, there's a lot here, but you know, not that much. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Lactating Shania Twain podcast. Um, every week Shania Twain comes on and uh, different celebrity guests uh, attempt to suckle at her dugs. I'm not sure if she is lactating at the moment, that's what we find out. And if enough celebrities suckle on them, will she start to lactate? That is the other question in sympathy. I was hanging around at the Canterbury Tales experience. Wonderful. It's an interactive experience with shop window dummies in bad wigs. And, uh, and an unemployed actress dressed as the wife of Bath said she calls it Rahalastapa. So I don't know if that's gonna catch, if that's gonna catch on. I looked up uh, the hotel. I'm obsessed with these various around the country. There's very different. There's the Oxford story. There's the Jorvik one, which is the best one by miles. Uh, there's a couple of others. The Canterbury Tales is the worst one of them. It's even worse than the Tales of Robin Hood in Nottingham, which doesn't even exist anymore. And is still better than the Canterbury Tales. All the TripAdvisor, I'm going to read some TripAdvisor. All the TripAdvisor ones, or, or even the bad ones, say everyone there was so lovely, the actors were so great, but it's terrible. That's, that's, so I'm not, the people who work there, I'm not impugning you. Uh, but uh, someone says, I paid £17 for two students to see 35 minutes worth of rubbish, which consisted of a few wax dummies in a smelly dark room. That is, that's what you're getting. <laughs> Now this one I think is unfair. One overpriced ripoff and doesn't do what it says. Didn't feel we went back in time at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Let alone to medieval times. I'd have been happy with just World War II like Gary Sparrow, but no. I've, um, I googled uh, uh, Canterbury uh, and uh, it comes up on Google, people ask, and these are the four main questions. These are the first four questions that people ask about Canterbury. What is special about Canterbury? That is number one. They had no answer. The, even Google had no answer. Uh, what is Canterbury famous for? That's number two. What famous event happened in Canterbury? Because there could only be one. And we know what it was. The fourth question though, is Canterbury a real place? <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Uh, and uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury is back. Uh, and, of course, the first Archbishop of Canterbury was St. Augustine, uh, who said, God, give me chastity, just not yet. That was his famous... That's the kind of religious... That's the kind of Archbishop I'd be. God, let me come into heaven, but I'll just apologise at the end for all the stuff I've done. He liked shagging St. Augustine. They were all the first ten Archbishops of Canterbury became saints, apart from one who died before he became the Archbishop of Canterbury. That's something I learned today. He was called something like Wigrun or something like that. 
Just a little fact for you, in case that comes up. You should know, it's your town. Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for his appearance in the 1987 video for Shaking Stevens' single, What Do You Want To Make Those Eyes At Me For? <laughs> for which he was paid £10. Will you please welcome the amazing Vic Reeves, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> if he's here... Ah! He tripped me. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You have to pick up your microphone, but you don't have to. Turn that off. Yeah. My mum's about to ring. There's a microphone, I think, up your bum now. Yeah. It could be a new emergency question. There it is, and it's gone. And it nearly went up as you picked oh, it up. Oh, it's quite fruity. Is it? <laughs> Who was sitting on this previous? Sean, it was Sean Williamson. Sean, oh, what a fruity ass. Yeah. I didn't call him Barry from EastEnders once. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I didn't call him Barry or anything. Do you remember the Shaking Stevens uh, video? I do remember that moment, yeah. <laughs> How did you end up getting in the Shaking Stevens video? I Stevens? was... Um, my agent at that time was Malcolm Hardy. Do you remember him? Anyone remember Malcolm Hardy? He was the bloke who did the balloon act first. Anyway, he was my first agent, and that was in the 80s. And uh, he said, let me go back a couple of moments before we, <laughs> we talk about when he said, do you want to come and perform with Shakin' Stevens? He said, I was in his house, and he said... Um, he says, do you like uh, uh, Little Titch? I said, yeah. He says, I've got Little Titch's shoes here. And there were, he had Little right. Titch's shoes. Why? Does anyone know Little it? Titch? I mean, he was... The you older know, people he, he will was remember. Little Titch, he used to have these long shoes and he'd lean forward. I mean, I'm talking about 1920. <laughs> he says, uh, I've got Little Titch's shoes here. Do you want them? I went, yeah, what, how much? He went, 400 quid, 400 quid. And I said, no, I can't afford that. He says, you might like this. And he had a, the filthiest house you've ever seen. And he went round the back of the, the uh, sofa like that. And went down, he said, what's this here? Uh, he says, and he picked it up, he says, um, Dickie Valentine's jacket. <laughs> Five quid. <laughs> and then um, he said, do you want to do, uh, do you want to do a gig? I says, what? And, and he says, he goes, uh, right, we're going up to Blackburn. I went, all right then. So we went up to Blackburn and uh, we're sitting on the train and he taught me how to play some card game or anyway. Um, he was very good on the, on the, on the, um, Quiz machines. Right. He used to do the quiz machines all the time. All the time he did the quiz machines. <laughs> and uh, so we were in this, this uh, I was doing this gig. It was, I think, the first gig I'd ever done, and I didn't really know how to do gigs. And uh, he said, right, we'll be in this pub, and we'll play the quiz machines. So we did the quiz machines for ages. And I said, what time are we on? Uh, he said, he says, you're on at nine o'clock. And uh, I said, well, it's half past nine. <laughs> Anyway, where, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, then he said, he says, here, here's a good one. He says, you, he says, you're going to dance with Shaking Stevens. Ten quid. <laughs> and I got the ten quid. Yeah. And um, I went and spent it in the pub Did directly you, afterwards. You could have had two Dickie Valentine jackets in, for that. It was brilliant. So I was in uh, Leicester Square. I, I turned up in my leather jacket looking like the biker, the skinny biker I was then, <laughs> I, um, I turned up and did me, me, me dance with... Um, shaky. With Shaky. How was he? Was he in... Was just, did shaky that was it. The, then he went and that was it. Yeah. I got me 10 quid and I cleared off. He's the biggest uh, selling artist of the 1980s, you know, in the UK. So he had sold more records than anyone else in the UK. Uh, shaky. Yeah, in the 1980s. Yeah. 
And he's, I, I remember hearing that when he was 40, his brother was 90. Do you think the shaking kept him young? Is that just if you shake enough, it confuses time? His brother was even shaking than him. <laughs> He's shaking himself into the future. It could be true. It's possible, right? I've got stories about shaking, but I'm not willing to impart. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard them as well. I've heard some stories. And then, but you have too. <laughs> But I'd, I'd How many people are out there tonight there's a to few. see you, Richard Herrings? There's, they're here to see you. Oh, you've got a, a full, like, you know, you've got it's a full a, downstairs. A circle, haven't you? And it could be full in the next two circles. You're we very... just don't know. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> no way of knowing whether it's full up there. There's some people. Shout out popular, if you're in Richard the upper Herrings. circle. Look at that. That's 200 people up there. <laughs> the shy people sat up there. Shout out if you're in the upper, upper circle. Yeah, everyone in the yeah. top circle. <laughs> yeah! There's a one person up there, look. Archbishop of Canterbury. How come half downstairs is empty and then <laughs> there's an upper circle? Because those people wanted to sit Is that there. all the rich people? Yeah, they, there's, they like to be away from the stairs. Actually, ironically, the stink travels up. Your Honour. If, if you've been to the Canterbury Tales, you'd know that. <laughs> it's down here, it's almost stink-free. Almost. That's the, the yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your... You know, I mean, because there's, there's many strings to your bow. Jim Moyer. Yeah. Is your real name. There's the first bombshell. <laughs> um, and you've been incredibly successful. You know, you've seen as the, this Dardarist comedian, but you've been very successful in lots of other ways. And musically, there's a lot of... You did a lot of music. You've been on I a lot of records. You've done Shake and Stevens to begin with, and then on you went. And then I became a pop star. Yeah. Which yeah. was your favourite of your own singles that you were involved? None of them. <laughs> you loved none the of, None of my singles was what I would really want to have really done. Right. But I was just um, thrown into it and I ended up doing... Um, well, the first one was Born Free. Um, let me tell you about... Rather than what I would have done, what really happened, I um, I did Born Free because we when I, when we started off, it, um, I used to sing songs at the uh, when we were on the theatre, um, and then when we were on TV, I, I started singing songs at the start of every show. So it was kind of like um, you remember this because you were knocking around with your mate. That was. At uh, the same time. <laughs> and we were like the darlings of the NME. Yes. So we were all kind of musical-based. <laughs> and when we came out to sing, to do our show, we'd sing a new uh, a song, which might be current at the time. It might be The Smiths or something like that. So I ended up getting offered um, to do a single by Virgin. And... I said I'd do Born Free, a version of Born Free, which I did do with Swing Out Sister, who, um, and I turned up on my motorbike. I had, a, <laughs> I had a, a Manx Norton, and I drove it through London and ended up at the Virgin Studios and got out and sang the song and then cleared off. Right. And it was as simple as that. That's just what it was like then. I said, well, I'll, I'll turn up there, I'll sing this. So I did, born free, as free as the... You know, and yeah. I did that. And it got to number three in the charts. <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, it was number three. And I went and did Top of the Pops. And it was all really quite quick. So I ended up turning up there and doing Top of the Pops. And it was the first time that Blur had done Top of the Pops as well. <laughs> so I ended up knocking about with it. But I was like hanging around at Top of the Pops. Th this time it was filmed at Elstree, I think. It was, it was after the BBC had moved from BBC Centre to Elstree and then back again. So I was at Elstree and um, Blur were on and um, the Smiths were on. I think, because I know I talked to um, Johnny Marr. Anyway, I was just, 
it's just fantastic. You know, you end up doing Top of the Pops. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you know, I thought this, this is, like, when I was a kid, I thought, you know, this isn't like, a massive dream to yeah. be on Top of the Pops. And then I sang the song and they dropped, they didn't tell me, but they dropped a load of, like, tinfoil down <laughs> And they didn't tell me about it, and I swallowed half of it. It started, <laughs> like, gagging halfway through the song. <laughs> Could have killed you. Then the second time we did it, we did... Then we became really big pop stars, and we did Dizzy. Yeah. Which got to number one. And, uh, uh, and when we did that, that was really tricky, because we... <laughs> we had... Um, some, oh God, what's her name? That round-headed woman from... Uh, um, Bod? Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, I did, I did it with the Wonder Stuff, but there was a... Uh, um, oh God, I can't remember her name. She's got a really round, smooth head. Um, it's who? who? She's very popular. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey! Yes! <laughs> She has got a smooth, round head. <laughs> anyway, she was com complaining that we had too much dry ice right. on the stage. We had to keep doing it again and again and again. But um, my friend Miles, who's in the Wonder Stuff, he said, he says, what we do is we do a shot and then you go on and then you do it and everything kicks in and it's really good and you do a really good performance. But... She kept stopping the performance. So we did about seven of them. And by the time we got on, we were pissed. Really pissed. And Bob was like crawling around on the floor. And they, in the rehearsal, there had a load of washing machines behind. And I had to do a line into a washing machine and open the door up and do it. In, but then they'd changed that for a start. They got rid of the camera in right. there. So I, was, I spent most of my time half pissed looking in washing machines. <laughs> and if you look back at it, that is actually what's happening. I'm just like singing it, but I'm looking in the washing machine trying to find the camera. <laughs> Could be a new quiz show, couldn't it? It's a good game show, find the camera in the washing machine. But it was really good fun. I tell you, it's good fun being on top of the pops yeah. and you meet loads of like top pop stars. Yeah. David Bowie was on when we did it. He was really grumpy as well. <laughs> we presented, to me and Stu presented Top of the Pops twice, so I never sang on Top of the Pops, but I, uh, I did say the next thing you, after East 17 were on. Yeah, we presented it twice, but they got, they got us... I think you never I get to did do that. as well. You must have done that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not many of us Top of the Pops presenters left. <laughs> we're from the olden days, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? I'd say the thing that I, main thing I remember is just this sort of stinking mass of overexcited 15-year-old girls, which was just disgusting. It was, it literally, was, I was just appalled by just this... It's like a horrible, multi-headed, stinking, sweaty monster. So the idea of anyone trying to have sex with that audience, just they, they deserve to be put away for a long, long time. They're disgusting people. I never really looked in, the, in that... Way. <laughs> really, that's my main. More than anything else, you were, you were just I looking sat, at the I girls. Sat, I was looking at the girls, thinking they were just all screaming. And Robson and Jerome were on, and they were all. Ah! I was going, oh my god, this is horrible. I do remember seeing. Um, uh, no, no, I saw a lot of people, but um, um, wet, wet, wet. What's he called? Marty Pello. Marty Pello, and he came out of the blue. To me, when, you know, I was, a, I was young, I was not young, but I, I was young to Top of the Pops, and he came out and went, <laughs> I, That's awful, isn't it, to you Scottish people like that? Oh, man, mind you, I'm Scottish. Yeah. Really, yeah. at roots. Yeah. But I couldn't tell a word he was saying, but it was, <laughs> it was obviously that he liked me. Right. And I, and, and I liked that. That it came from Marty yeah. Pello. Yeah, yeah. It was a broad church, wasn't it, Top of the Pots? There was a lot of different, different kind of acts. 
on there. And you did a single with this. You did a single with the Smiths, but you didn't. You got cut out of it. Is that right? You were backing. You were backing. No, I did a single. Uh, I Morris. did the backing vocals on That's Entertainment with Morrissey. Mm. I went. To, Morrissey was um, a big fan of ours since we started, which was a great. I mean, I was a big Smiths fan, so I thought this is brilliant. And then um, we went. He, he invited us to go to his, him recording, and I recorded. I did the backing vocals on um, That's Entertainment, and then we went and did um, another big night out, and we did Morrissey the Consumer Monkey, and he <laughs> and he took massive umbrage. Did he? To it. He would think Morrissey would turn out to be a dick. I, 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 it wasn't really intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> It was like it's supposed to be. I mean, it wasn't anything really. But no, you see, but anyone who was a fan would would love the, the, to be included in. You know, would get what you were doing anyway. It doesn't yeah. doesn't mean. Anything. I don't know why he thought that he was a consumer monkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't see. You know, any kind of. <laughs> it's hard to know how you take umbrage at that. Say, so how did they? How dare they say? How. Dare he? <laughs> How dare he suggest I'm a consumer monkey? And, uh, and this is all uh, stuff I've just cleaned. I like your notebook. Thank you. It's a Wookiee uh, notebook from Star Wars. I lost it and was it's delighted and then horrible. I found it again. It looks like it's horrible to handle. It's very, it's very uh, polyestery and nasty. I don't know if the actual Chewbacca feels like this, but if he does, I'm not surprised he has to hang around. That with actually him. looks like the... Um, the fur that was on Morrissey, the consumer. <laughs> Maybe that's why, that's why Morrissey got upset. <laughs> and he'd never have a handbook like that. <laughs> you sang the uh, single of Shaun the Sheep. I thought that'd be your favourite single that you had. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Shaun the Sheep. Do you remember singing the Shaun the Sheep? Yes, I do. Yeah. You sing a little bit of it for it, of it now? Because I can't remember how. I can't remember it. I can't remember. Does anyone remember I how didn't it do, I just, it was a job. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Jobs these, you know, now and then. Yeah. And did you did? There's a couple of the songs you did where they didn't let you put it out, or they changed it. It was you did Vienna with and changed the lyrics to Vienna. I would like to know about that. I haven't heard this. Uh, Do you remember this? You, did, you sang yeah, Vienna. Yeah. yeah. Had what? Had are you, you going to play you, it? Had you? I can't play it. All I've got is you there to sing it. Um, if you can remember. Well, that was. How did uh, you change the lyrics? That was. That was. Long ago, that was in the early 80s, and we did, um, me and my friend Johnny Irvin, who does music now, and we used to do stuff together, and uh, we did a version of, Biet of Vienna. Yeah. And put it out on a, on a NME. Oh, this thing. Was, what is on the, this, this is the tape you were touting around. You had a tape yeah. that you were selling at the back of the NME. Yeah, well, I used to flog tapes all yeah. the time. Actually, going right back, I used to, in the early 80s, in Brixton, I used to have a... Um, in the back of the NME, I'd put in adverts for tapes by International Cod. Yes. Um, and various other people. I just changed the name and, and make the music. We record music and just pump it out all the time. Are they worth any of those cassettes? Now? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> if you can find them, That's I'd like to have them back. Actually, they must be quite rare. People might, might not even, they won't even know it's you. But I did Vienna, yeah. It was, oh, Vienna. And, but, I, but I do, it was like, it, what I do remember, it, it, it started off really seriously. You know, like it does. Yeah. <laughs> it goes something like that, didn't it? Yeah. And then, then it, and it, then, then it ended up as bum dip, bum dip, dip, which is a kind of way that I always like to end any song. <laughs> Good. And um, 
Let's, well, and also, I don't think we talked much about this stuff. We have done a podcast before, so I'm trying to uh, go down uh, different routes. Uh, and uh, I don't think we talked much about your art. We, I think we talked about you being at art school and stuff like that. But um, you're concentrating quite heavily on the art. There's a website of it. It's hard to describe. Uh, Jake and Dinos Chapman uh, described it. Able to command our laughter as a purgative to encourage the viewer to leak at both ends. That how you see your art? Yeah, well, that's... Is that you know, what you're aiming for? Art is my um, chief diversion. Yeah. I do it every day. Every day I paint. And um, I do. I, today I, I've been working on a, a destruction of Fag Fragonard. <laughs> He's, it's about time someone took him down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, but it's very it's, well like some of it's comical and some of it's not comical some of it's yeah I, I, twisted you know, yeah, it's, it's twisted and yeah. comical yeah it's kind of the same way that I look at the way I work in comedy which is it's hopefully comical yeah but it's got a twisted edge yeah well the, the, it runs all through uh, the work you've done with Bob the the attention to detail of of all the sketches and all the, the costumes and just weird yeah. things you have. Well, I've, I've always done it. Like, yeah. when we first started, when... Uh, when I, actually, when it all first started, was I, I was at art school and I wanted to do um, a kind of Gilbert and George film because I, I was making films with my friends and what I wanted to do was make a film of a comedian, what I thought would be a comedian. I'd never actually seen any comedians, ever. <laughs> I actually hadn't. I'd never watched TV, hardly at all. And uh, I thought, I'll do this, um, this character called Vic Reeves, which I presume would be like a northern stand-up, sort of, like a compare. Yeah. At, um, a club and put all the stuff on in between. Going back, um, we used to run nightclubs, which would have films on and things like that. And uh, a friend of mine said, I run a comedy club. Well, he did run a comedy club. He said, do you want to check it over? And I said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. What do I do? And he said, you get a, about three comedians and a compare and you check the money off, off the door. And I said, what if I do it all? <laughs> he said, well, you take all the money. I said, well, I'm doing that. <laughs> and I did it, and I made up Vic Reeves. And uh, I made up all the acts that went in between. Yeah. But that's why, I mean, that's why that was successful, because it wasn't like, you weren't doing anything like anybody else was doing. And then there, you, that was still at the time where alternative comedy, there were some weird acts amongst alternative comedy, but you weren't seeing them. You were just making up your own thing. We were making world. up our own. I, well, I was making up my own thing, and I would make up all the props and everything in my kitchen in Deptford, and take it all down to the theatre in a wheelbarrow, <laughs> and um, kind of like I don't know. You were doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah, you had like start, I think you started like a little bit before us. I think like when you were breaking through, we were just sort of starting up. So you were this new thing that was you were probably on TV. Just well, we were started. new. I don't think anyone had done anything like us before. Yeah. Because I had no clue at all. I'd never done any... I didn't care, really. <laughs> I, I, mean, I thought, this is a good idea. And did it. And then someone said... And we, were, we did it at um, a pub in south-east London. And then we and moved to a theatre in Deptford, the... Um, and then looked out one day and then there was if I'm here on my stage doing which I didn't really care about I was just like entertaining lots of people and it was really good fun and most of them would be friends <laughs> but I look out one day and like from the stage there's Michael Grade and there is Alan Yentob and 
after the show, a pair of them came round and said, do you want to do this on BBC or Channel 4? And I was going, <laughs> you're all right. Who's got the most money? <laughs> Which is what you do, really. Yep. When you... <laughs> but I hadn't, well, talking about the, the, the big night out was the, the starting point, and I hadn't realised you, I mean, A, you didn't really write a script for it. You had three pages, so you didn't let the cameramen see the, the show beforehand. No, we didn't. When we did the first big night out, we... <laughs> <laughs> we used to do it like we did it on stage. And we did it on TV, which is brilliant, I think. Because um, we, we, when we did it on stage, and this is like, we did it for like two years. And that was like uh, six weeks here and then time off and then six weeks. So it wasn't two years. It was just like yeah. a couple of shows. And I used to change the show every night. It'd be a totally different show. I'd, re I'd write loads of things and I'd give little pieces of paper to people and say, you do that, say to Bob, yeah, you say that, do that, come on and do this. And, and it was so awfully rehearsed. Yes. In fact, it wasn't rehearsed. I just got, yeah, do that. And, and, um, and it was just so badly presented. It was awful. <laughs> it was... But that was what was great about it. Yeah. And then now we come to, you know, uh, well, well, when we on, went on TV, when we did it on at the, um, the, um, on the on Channel Four, we did it at uh, Wandsworth at a studio. I was talking to my friends earlier on, saying um, when we did it at Wandsworth, we used to not really rehearse it at all. We used to turn up and just, like, do it. And uh, we used to do it in half an hour. Yeah. And, but anyway, the... Uh, but that's astonishing that you did. You recorded a TV show in, that was half an hour long. Yeah. In half an hour. We used to do it in one half take. an hour. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is, like, if you know about TV, that nobody does that. No, no one does it at Which all now. But I was saying to my friends earlier on... What, what was great about it was <laughs> we used to do that. And also, the bloke who used to work in the canteen was Ainsley Harriet. Right. And he was, he was the chef. And he'd come out and he'd go, Hey, Geek, he's all right, look at this. Look what I got for you for you to do You love it. And, and all, that was Ainsley Harriet. He was just the chef who was in, in the theatre. Right. <laughs> And, uh, you know, no wonder he got on television. <laughs> yeah. The rub of the green. Uh, it's, uh, but it is, I remember with, with our first TV series, they made us do, made us retake so many times and just it, the, every recording would take three or four hours and the audience wouldn't have killed themselves by the end. I mean, at the beginning often, but by the end, you know, it was just, and you, your heart drops as a performer. Because you just think, oh, God, do I really have to do this again because you put the camera in the wrong place? But you were just, the cameraman were just trying to follow whatever was... No, and we're doing it again now. We've yeah. just done two, exactly, the yeah. second... We, we've done two big night outs. We did one last year and one this year. And what I did for this, these last two series, is get a, a fella, a, a director, who has not done any studio direction at all <laughs> and it's brilliant yeah i said like you what you just get on a filmers get cameras on you know on the stage i don't care if you see them at all it doesn't matter yeah but we want to get it all done in half an hour yeah <laughs> and I, that's what i want i want it to be look like it's a live thing like it's a a live like this like this yeah so it's happening. Yeah, well, it's, it's true. none of this stuff where you... You know, you've done them things. You know, they're three hours long. <laughs> they're so boring. I never do any of them things. You know those... Um, panel shows. You know them panel yeah. shows? Yeah. You're in there for three hours and you're bored stiff. It's not what I do. No. <laughs> it's good. But to be honest, if everyone did what you did, then TV would be shit. <laughs> <laughs> But one person can do it. <laughs> one person can do it and be a genius, 
if everyone did it, it'd be quite annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> I say, if you can't do it in, in half an hour, yeah. you ain't worth doing it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, the art stuff is fantastic, and it does, I mean, it does run through. I mean, everyone calls you a comedy dadaist and, you know, your, and your art dadaist. I'm not even really sure what that means, but it's sort of not, you're not political, it's not political, it's sort of, how would you describe th that idea? Is it, is it just doing stuff that's, is broadly more uh, about s cocking a snooper authority w without being specific? Is, is that, the, is, well, that too, is that too much? Yeah. I mean, the Dada is... It is anarchistic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, you tell me. Yeah. I don't know. I just do what I do. It's I just turned. I'm on holiday now. I'm turning up. <laughs> I'm always turning up because my friend Richard Herring's <laughs> invited me on. To, I'm good. on holiday. It's good. Actually. We're all on holiday tonight. Uh, and I, well, I, I was looking. At the, the website is worth, very well worth having a look at. And that you can buy your art, you, you sell originals my, and yeah, prints. Yeah, sell my paintings, yeah. yeah. My favourite one is a triptych, I guess, or at least a running of three, where you've got the ghost of Freddie Mercury, which is just a sheet. Yeah. And then a ghost of, uh, ghost of uh, Prince, which has yeah. a little hairstyle on it. And the actually, those ones, yeah. I, did, I, I decided not to do those as prints. All right. But as actual... Drawings, and if anyone ever wants one, I actually do the drawings. Oh, do you? Good. Yeah. Right. I do, I do the drawings. Well, what, do you like that? Oh, that's, that's Nancy at the back, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's my wife. That's your wife. What, what, qualifying that. <laughs> She's agreeing that you do do that, but it's nice that that's the first thing that is actually true in the show. <laughs> <laughs> What else do you want to know, Richard um, Herring? I was, I didn't have time to watch it, but I didn't, I, I wasn't aware that you'd done an expose, an investigation of Jack the Ripper, at least I don't think I was, which Nancy also features in, I did see yes. the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> I did do that, <laughs> Did you yeah. manage to solve the Jack the Ripper case? I think that you do come up I, with an answer. I did, yeah, I solved it, all yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think that would have made more of a splash? It's, it's ten quite years ago. clear. Yeah. I, and I went and did that thing. You know when you get, sometimes you get asked to do, look at that, that's a weird kind of way of scratching, isn't it? It's a sort of, like a, a natural scratch, but it's unnatural. I, um, I got offered to do this show, have a look at Jack Ripper. Yeah. Let's have a look at Jack Did they the come Ripper. to you or did you go to them? Did they say, you have a look at Jack the Ripper and you weren't interested or you, did you have some I interest said, in Jack the Ripper? I said, all right, I'm interested in that. <laughs> I'm all right for that. Jack the Ripper, I'm interested. Was he really the elephant man? <laughs> so who was it? Let's cut to the chase. Who was it? Who, who did it? Um, I've got a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I've got a really good idea. You should idea. tell the authorities so they can wrap this case up. Been bothering no, him for I'm a not while. Gonna say. He's still, I'm, he's I'm still leaving it right up. Move on to something else. I tell you what, I do yeah. have a right idea who it is, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I ain't going to tell gonna you neither. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube. I watch it. Do uh, is this still available? This is a fantastic book of your art. Oh, uh, that's uh, the first sunboard art that book that I ever yeah. did. Beautiful. Well, you know. What else have you got there? Uh, it's all my own stuff otherwise. You're welcome to take any of it. I can't vlog it. No, I've signed it. I've signed it for you. You, could, you haven't signed that yet, no. There's a little scribble in there. Loose like. Probably not, yeah. reduced to two bands. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you some most questions. I have to be careful because I may have... I've, I definitely have asked you some before. Yeah, look who, into it. who's interested in the... Uh, the moon landing. Yeah. Have you heard about it? It's just happened, didn't it? Are you gonna are you gonna investigate that? I next? was there. I can tell you, you, I was there at the first moon landing. Were you on the moon? No. Okay. Me and my mate, Peter Shackleton. Yeah. No, right, let me let me tell you, let's go back in time to 1969. This time, 1969. Me and my mate, Peter Shackleton, we were 10. 
We went right to his mum and dad's house. We were allowed to stay up all night <laughs> for the moon landing. And we did, we stayed up all night. And yeah. it was about two o'clock in the morning, I think. We were like that. <laughs> it's going to happen. But then we, we all got the day off school the next day, which was brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that great of people? The government yeah. to say, you can have the day off work, the day off school, the next day. Yeah. Because the moon landed. It was such a big thing. Well, I was two. I was just two years old. I think I remember the rocket taking off, but it could have been a subsequent. I remember seeing the whole thing. I was 10. Yeah. I was yeah, that was the whole memory. thing. Who was your favourite of the three... Uh, Michael Collins. Was he, uh, like the bloke who went round the dark side of the moon. <laughs> he just stayed in. Oh, do you know what? What I used to like is that the American bloke who said, he used to call it the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a great moment. People are going to land on the moon. Uh, we've gone, it's the moon. <laughs> the moon. This is the greatest moment in, in uh, man's history. <laughs> when man has landed on the moon. <laughs> Michael Collins. You know, gets, you, know, uh, um, you know, you can't call it um, Uranus anymore. <laughs> you can't call the moon Uranus. No, you can't say Uranus. Uranus anymore. You say Uranus, do you? No, it's called your arsehole. <laughs> was that whole bit just leading up to that joke? <laughs> Did we bring up the moon landing? It was the uh, 50th anniversary, pretty much as we've recorded this. I feel sorry for Michael Collins. I, he was at the reunion bit, and I kind of just imagined people go, sorry, who are you? And Michael Collins, what? who are you? Because everyone forgets Michael Collins. Buzz Aldrin gets, you know, the Toy Story named after him, doesn't he? And Michael Collins saw something did on he? the other side oh, yes. of the moon. What did he That's see? That's what he said. Yeah. I saw something on the I saw the face of God. <laughs> oh, he saw something, he saw an yeah. alien or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's just trying to big his bit up. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. <laughs> he's isn't just it? trying to big his I'm, I'm the bloke going to stay yeah, in the he capsule. Did. Do you know, do you go with the people, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists hitting Twitter at the moment about the moon landing not being Yeah, there's a genuine. lot of conspiracy, in there? Yeah. JFK, is yeah. it really an airport? What have you got to say about that? <laughs> Nothing. I won't attempt. I won't attempt. It. I've been I've been defeated. I'm not. So uh, Bob was a little bit ill just after the last time you were on, which yep. must have been uh, it was a it was yep. a dicey moment. He, he actually like he got married because he thought he was going to die, and then he didn't die. Yeah. Must be disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> he did his will. He got sort of. How long have we got here? <laughs> when you think someone's going to die and then they don't die, is it a bit disappointing that they've stayed alive? They kind of. It's uh, Clive James has done it as well. Clive James had that big thing. Oh, I'm going to die soon. Still fucking. It's about ten years ago. Can't do that, can you? Can't fuck off. If you say you're going to die, you've got to fuck off. Anyway, we're delighted Bob survived. Blimey, look, there's Kate. She comes everywhere. Ah. She goes everywhere I ever go. Only you can see her, that's the scary thing. Hello, Kate. <laughs> it's an empty seat. <laughs> if we, we went on tour, um, well, actually, when we didn't go on tour, yeah, you were meant Kate to bought tickets for every night. Wow. Are you, and the, then, are um, you a psychomentalist? Then we didn't. <laughs> oh, she no, did the sheep for a second. She's she a went. lovely girl, and there she is. Yeah. She does She's look a nice. Our biggest fan. Compared to the people who come to all of my shows, which are more like that. I mean, he doesn't, but it's, they look more like that. <laughs> Just who are you with today, Kate? 
Your boyfriend. Today, that sounds like you're with different guys every... Today's my boyfriend, Jim. Shut up. <laughs> she seems very nice. She so, uh, yeah. Yeah, what... what well, I was going to talk yeah, about what, Bob. So what? Bob's all, everything's sort of... You did that nice, you did that nice painting or drawing of, of him, thumbs up, and everything was okay. Yeah, when, does he, yeah, when yeah. he was in his, in his... I don't know. In his downers, ups... I did a picture of him when he was all sort of gassed up and yeah, yeah. looking awful. Yeah. Is it? I mean, and then he, you went out on tour after, so you took a few months and then you went. You did the tour. Yeah, we did. I mean, he he was. Uh, I mean, he got. We were going on tour and then we had a meeting and he said, "I'm going to have to go to the doctors and I think it'll be all right." And the, and then he came back and said, "It's not going to be all right," and yeah. we had to cancel the whole tour because. He had a triple heart bypass. Yeah. And um, that's what happened. So, and then we went, he, I mean, all hail to him. He got right back on the horse. We went back and did it. And he's fit as a fiddle, you know. He, he got back on it and we did it. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic that uh, he's done that. It's fantastic that you're back. I mean, he's working with other people. Does that feel... The fishing thing, you had a bit annoyed with him going off fishing with Paul Whitehouse. Oh, with, with him, uh, what, I'm, am I jealous? Yeah, you're jealous of him going off. You, get, you, you yeah. stand by him when he's about yeah. to die, yeah. and then he just goes yeah. off and does some fishing. Yeah. Why isn't he fishing with you? I, I haven't been, I, I, I mean, I, the last time I went fishing was um, when I was a kid. <laughs> right. I, should, I, went, I went fishing, the last time I went fishing, God. I saw... Um, Kurt Cobain's wife. Okay. Uh, I said, Courtney Love. So you can do jokes. You just, you just choose not. That's a joke. That's a proper joke. That's a proper Jim. joke. That's, I'm glad to see a proper joke. But within your company... That's a proper joke that just came out. It's good. I haven't been fishing for years. No. And uh, Bob likes fishing. Can't be hard. He though, likes fishing. I like painting. Yeah. We're just a couple of old guys. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you talk about in an interview I saw that you have a psychic, you can send each other psychic messages, or is that just that you have we a do. psychic? Yeah. I'll tell you what, that is, I don't know if you felt that when you were working with your. Uh, comedy partner, yeah. Stuart. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Stuart Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember him? Yeah. Stuart Lee? Yeah. Did you ever have any psychic moments? I think you do know where it's weird. How long did you work with like, you and, you know, when it was, you know, it was Herring and yeah. Lee and Herring? Lee and Herring. Actually, Lee and Herring, wasn't yeah, it? it was. It was about <laughs> 13 years in total. And did you have a psychic moment? I think we often knew exactly where the other one was going. He, you know, your brains were making the same leap. So when something, when a, is this what you mean? When a routine was going along, yeah. I would know he was about to say something or I could tee yeah. him up and know that he would understand what I wanted him to do. Or vice yeah, I get the feeling you didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with Bob and B. With... <laughs> do you know what we are? We're absolute brothers. Total, yeah. like, linked yeah. like that. Can you send him a message now? Can you ask him if he'll do my podcast again? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Has he said anything back? Yeah, and, and when we do... We, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. You know when you get... It works so well. Yeah, no, it does. And, and you can have so much fun with it and you can just know when... The moment is you say no or yes. Yeah. But and you've made this point yourself, I think. There aren't any other double acts, really, proper double acts working. I don't think there are any. I mean, maybe French and Saunders, but they're not really doing much. But, like, no. there's not... All the, other, all the other double acts have either stopped or were never really properly double acts. I don't and think there are any double acts at all, apart from Bob and me. That might be true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever in history... At the moment, there no, aren't. There aren't. 
There aren't, been but, for a long time. But it's also quite rare, I think, for... The female double acts sometimes work for a lifetime. It's quite rare, I think, for the male double acts to work without rancor, at least. Without rancor between... And you two are, are, don't argue with each other and are friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's quite, that's quite rare, yeah. I think. Morecambe and Wise, I think, were cl very close. Lauren and Hardy were very close and stayed friends all the way through, though they had little niggles. But you two are, you two are, it's genuinely, you're, you know, you're brothers, you genuinely think yeah, you're, you're, you're those brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, without doubt. Yeah. We didn't have that. Stuart's a cunt. <laughs> um, But I also, what I like about it, about the stuff you both do separately and together, is it's about, it's about getting laughs. It's, that's the most important thing, right? So like something like um, House of Fools was, yeah. was a great sitcom because it was just about... It was, the jokes were more important well, than anything else. The laughs. When we did that, it was... When we did that, it was really just about us getting as many laughs into the seconds that were made on that <laughs> show. Yeah. And... Uh, what I don't get about, like, uh, a lot of comedy, and American comedy especially, is, is that you, as far as I'm concerned, it's like you get as many laughs in to one pocket as you can. Yeah. And that, if, if you... Um, if there was an award for getting the most laughs... In one show, we get it. But <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the kind of well because because comedy because the well the awards and and plaudits go to well, comedy well, comedians you, who can be serious. You know, it's like oh he's he's a comedian but he's being serious. Isn't this amazing? That's sort of the that's the sort of thing that you mean, is it? Well, yeah. All I'm interested in is getting as many laughs into people's faces as possible. <laughs> yeah. There are. Things that, you know, I mean, you look at a film or you look at a, a piece of art and the, the, what you're interested in is getting an emotion out of it, isn't it? Yeah. And if it's laughter, then go for as many as you can. <laughs> yeah. It's like going for as many orgasms as you can <laughs> in, in one shot. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> Going for not necessarily getting, then see, that's <laughs> I'm talking about as many hits as yeah. you can get. No, definitely, if it's, as, if it's a pitiful thing, if it's sadness, I can write probably the most saddest so song or film ever. And if I'm going for sadness, I'll go for sadness, but if I'm going for a comedy, I'll go for comedy, and yeah. I want bang, 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 and that's what we did. With House of Fools, and, were you and being, we did it. Yeah, were you being told by executives that that was wrong and that you should be doing something, doing something different? I read that they were kind of advising you how to I, to no, change. I've not it. heard that, right? <laughs> well, I think you know, executive, executives have never come into my life. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. Well, I, that's why I was surprised <laughs> when I saw it. <laughs> but you know, you're sort of told that that's. Like people, oh, you're meant to do not meant to do comedy like that. Comedy's meant I, to be like this. I tell you what, I've narrative. never ever paid any attention to what <laughs> anyone has ever told me to yeah. do. <laughs> I know, but I would, I would sort of been just amazed if anyone tried. That's all I was... I hoped no, that someone I'm, had tried. Executives. <laughs> it is filmed. But, uh, so, um, oh, they can see it. They're all watching. It's all right. You're safe. You're in a safe space as it, when it comes to TV here. Um, Let's see how we go. Oh, my goodness. We, it, we? It's flying by. Canterbury. It's flying by. What, um, Who's from Canterbury? Anyone from Canterbury? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, weird. It's a great city. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It is nice. It's a graduation yeah. day today. It's, it's been it's lovely. What? It's the graduation day of the, uh, the, the Kent, uh, Kent, Canterbury Kent University of Kent. <laughs> the Canterbury Kent University Richard of Kent. Richard Herring's has just... <laughs> I love calling you Richard Herrings. I enjoy it too. Richard Herrings <laughs> has just announced that it's graduation day. 
So if you haven't done all your work, you haven't got a degree. Now, fuck off. <laughs> it's, very, it's very sweet out there. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful city. It is, yeah. 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 Where are you going next, Richard? Uh, next, I'm going to York and then the Edinburgh Fringe. Are you going to York yes. next? Yeah. So you're travelling on train? No, we, I'd probably drive. It's easier. Are you, have you got your Fiat Berlingo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got... Uh, uh, I've got a, a Volkswagen Charan, mainly for touring in, unless it's close, and I have an e-golf electric so, car. So, Richard Herrings. Yes. <laughs> what will you do tonight? You'll go back to your... I'm going to go back to my house in Hertfordshire. Oh, you can actually drive back from well, here. Well, my young boy will drive me back. I've got a young boy with various... Oh, you've got someone who <laughs> drives young, you. I've got a young boy who drives... He does various services and for me on tour. And he drives you to your next... Proposition. Well, I think we're only doing these every now and again, so it's quite nice. Because I, I was touring quite heavily, and now I've got I've got two little tiny children at home, and it's difficult to be yeah. away. Not like you you're, yours. You get back home to them. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're little. Where do they live? They live <laughs> with their mother and me for the moment. So that's good. Might not be true of the time of broadcast. So you uh, <laughs> you'll go maybe go back and see them yeah. for a moment, and then go off to York. Well, actually, I'm going tomorrow. I'm going to Glasgow to be oh, in... Oh, hang on a minute. Wait to be a minute in... Uh, Just hold back. Uh, but I'm not you doing a podcast. The next show's in York. Yeah, but I'm not doing a podcast in Glasgow. You changed it to Newcastle. I am... Oh, uh, Glasgow. I'm in... Uh, I'm performing in the House of Games Champion of Champions. Yeah, so I'm going to lose because I'm tired. It's a difficult quiz. Uh, against people who... Probably Charlie Hickson will be there, I bet. He's probably going to yeah, be in I'll it. I'll bet he'll be, he'll be there. Um, and then I'm, then I'm coming back again. Yeah. So what do you think of Canterbury? <laughs> I love Canterbury. I, you know, weirdly, because I usually do uh, the other theatre in town, the Gulbenkian. Uh, and so I don't usually come into the heart of Can Canterbury. It's been a little while. It's beautiful here. I was trying to... There were, when we came here in, as Lee and Herring, and I think we might have been at this theatre, I might be wrong, there was some little alley with a really funny name and I was looking around for it so I could do a joke about it and I couldn't find again. What is it? Turn again line. Turn, turn again line. That's not that good. It's no... It's no grope... Gro, there's always one called Grope Cunt Lane, isn't there, in most, uh, uh, <laughs> in most cities? Grope Cunt Lane yeah. is in... Um, you've got Funny Funny Lane here. OK, that might be it, that might be it. Did it? There we go. You yeah. know all about it, don't you, mate? <laughs> and you disapprove. I liked it when it was called Great. You and Trump, you loved that. <laughs> I always used to go down Grip Cock Lane. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> when I was in Manchester. Uh, yeah. It's a good place to go. They're all just named after. That's what, all the all the streets are named after what you used to sell in the in the streets. It's nice. It's quaint, isn't it? There is, it is, orange. There's one about orange. There used to be oranges sold in one of your streets. Arsefinger Lane <laughs> in in Nottingham. Yeah, it's it's very popular. <laughs> oh well, we may we may we may have got enough. Yeah, we may have got enough. Um, ground to a halt. When was the last time you travelled by coach, Jim? On coach? Yeah, when, when you're on a coach. Not a bus, but on a coach. Specifically from a town to town mm. in, on a coach. 1989. Yeah. I reckon mine was about then. How was it? <laughs> and, and that, ladies and gentlemen... I mean, that I think we bombshell. Might, I think we might have got it now on that. Where did you go in 1989 on a coach? You, <laughs> you, you, you've got to go and uh, see your kids, haven't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know I certainly have. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, will you give a massive round of applause to Jim Moore, Big Reeves? <laughs> I'll see you in the foyer if you are interested. Thank you very much. listening to Rahala Sapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Jim Moyer slash Vic Reeves. 
Thank you to Pest for playing this music out on tour for us as well. It's very nice of them. Thank you to everyone at the Marlowe Canterbury, to everyone at Go Faster Straight, to everybody at British Comedy Guide, Acast, oh, and everybody who knows me. Uh, thanks to the producer, James Hingley. I'm indebted to my executive producer, Ben Walker. This is a fuzz, Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production. Go to gofasterstripe.com to buy stuff and badges and richtang.com slash kicks uh, to find out if I'm coming to you. Bye!